0: A virus. We started talking about it last week, and a virus is something that probably everybody in here has had before. Uh, like physically, you've had a, an actual virus, whether it be the flu or a stomach bug or, or something like that. We've experienced those things, and viruses are these. They're actually these. I think they're horrible things uh, that they invade a host organism, and they hijack. That what they do is they hijack its genetic instructions to and begin to. Um, mess it up and that ends up making you sick. It, it alters God's, the, the God-given design that you have. Well, there's something that has affected and infected mankind. And one of the best ways that we, can, that, that we think we can describe it and present it to you is by talking about it like it's a virus. So what we're talking about you know, isn't actually a little virus like you see the microscope looking things up there. It's not really a virus, but we're talking about, about it like it is, that help us connect to it and understand. This virus that we're talking about, uh, it affects our thinking. Today, specifically, we're going to be talking a whole lot about uh, the, your, the, the paradigm that you're looking at things with, the way you're thinking about stuff. Uh, it's a, a whole lot about maybe an, uh, a thinking shift. So today is a lot of, about that. And the reason is because this virus affects our thinking. It causes us to have, it causes us to have an attitude of ineptitude. Our whole everything we look at through life with things like, oh man, I have an It's like I don't have enough, and it focuses on what we lack instead of what we have to leverage. Uh, if you if you missed last week, we talked about a lot of things that hey, you know, have you ever said this? Have you thought this way? Um, do you always feel like you have to make an excuse when somebody says, man, that's a, that's a nice car you got? Well, I got it on sale. You know, man, I really like your house. Well, if you knew everything that was wrong with it, you wouldn't think that I got such a good deal. You know, if you were always having to, we went through several things like that to help us realize, oh, I do that. I've thought that way. That's, that's the way I've been communicating with, with people. What Help us begin to see whether or not you, in, in fact, are infected with the virus. Now, the good news is there's a cure, that there is a cure. And we're going to, as we go through this series, we're talking about that. Uh, the simple term for this virus that we're, that we're presenting to you, we're calling it a poverty mentality, a poverty mentality. Again, last week we gave you an overview, kind of what it was, what it looks like, maybe help you begin to realize, oh, I might have it. Today, we're going to be talking about more specifically, very specifically about what it does to you how it affects you in a huge way. And there's a lot of little things and a lot of uh, little instances, but there's one major thing that happens when you've contracted this. We're calling it a spiritual virus. And we hope that over the last week, especially if you are here last last time, that you've been asking God, okay, God, how have I been affected by this? How's it working in my life? Am Am I one of the ones that, that has it, and then, of course, how do I get past this? How do I live a a healthy life? We're going to go a little further than last week and talk really about how it messes you up. Next, we'll be talking about testing for it next week, and and eventually, we're talking about life after. So there's all good news, and we're just going to slowly, we're slowly taking you guys there. Now, so today, here we go. Um, Y'all take a look at this picture, and I'm going to test your, you know, wisdom, your how how big your, how high your IQ is, that guy on the top that's like, like this, who is that? Anybody? Come on. He's a taskmaster. Great. So he's a taskmaster. If he's a taskmaster, then who are those other people? They're slaves. That's right. They're slaves. Slavery was known in the very first civilizations of mankind. We're talking 3500 B.C., 5,000 or 5,500 years ago. For all of mankind, people somewhere in the world have been slaves. I mean, literal slaves, chains around their neck, guys like this. I mean, these are actual. We have that because these guys tapped it out in stone. They had slaves. People of every race have experienced slavery over the course of human existence. You can I mean you guys can look it up. There's a guy a historian his name was David Forsyth. He wrote this it's pretty interesting. The fact remained that at the beginning of the 19th century, not all that long ago, an estimated 3 quarters of all people alive were trapped in bondage against their will, either in some form of slavery or serfdom. 3 quarters of the world. That that's amazing. Now here in the U.S., we think of ourselves as being free. We think of ourselves as being, well, I'm not a slave. I and mean, we've had slavery in our country and caused the whole war. And um, but today, like, I'm not. I'm nobody's slave. I'm not a slave. I don't have a taskmaster, you know, cracking a whip over me. I'm a free. I'm a free person. And that's what we're all. We all go for that. Our, we. It's kind of put in our. that that's what we're headed towards, freedom. Nobody wants to be chained up, shackled up, uh, handcuffed, anything. We want to be free people. The crazy thing, that while humanity is familiar with slavery and all its horrors, because we've seen it, we've heard about it, we've read about it, we've learned about it, we will get this wrinkle on our faces and, We'll turn our nose to and if you if you've ever watched any I mean you could you can name a whole slew of movies that we we've had throughout uh, in, in the US and you watch one, like, I can't believe people treat people that way and we, we're just we'll grind our teeth and like this is horrible. How can you do this to another human being? You'll clench your fist at the thought of slavery, like oh, if I'd have been there. And that's a bad it's a horrible thing. And while we do that, so often we embrace a mentality that turns me and you here in America from serving a loving God to being enslaved to being enslaved by a vicious taskmaster. Taskmaster known as money. Very vicious. Um, if you didn't know, in some form or another. Money is referred to, especially in the New Testament of the Bible, more than anything else. It's because God knows that so many of us end up as slaves to money. I want to read you something that the number one authority on everything mankind wrote or said, that would be Jesus. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. You cannot serve two masters at the same time. You will hate one. And love the other. Oh, by the way, if Jesus said something, then it's true. We believe it. Uh, So he's not making this up. He's not lying. This is Jesus said it's an absolute fact. You will hate one and love the other, or you'll be loyal to one and not care about the other. You cannot serve God and capital M money at the same time. Now, this the capital M is kind of, it might get your attention there for a second. Capital M. Well, give you a little bit of history on that is, it's the capital M. There's a reference to a, Assyrian God of riches, money. So we're, we're translating it, making it just an easy concept for you and I. It's, it's money, the money God, a God of money. It's a false God. It originated back there in Babylon. And so, You can't serve God, the real God, that loves you, cares about you, and money or a false money God at the same time. Um, The spiritual virus poverty mentality, focusing on what you lack instead of what you have to leverage, will direct you to trust and serve money. Instead of God. Now, most of us in here would say, well, I'm not serving a money God. I don't have some altar to uh, this God called money in my house. Thank you. That's fantastic. I'm glad you don't. Um, However, everybody in here at some point or another has been affected, if not infected, with a a virus, a spiritual virus, we're calling it, poverty mentality that causes you to serve money instead of God. It makes you a slave. You might think, oh, wait, I'm, I'm a, wait, whoa, I'm a free person. I've never been under a taskmaster. Sometimes you think your boss is one of those, but I've never really been. I've never really had chains on me. I've never, I've never really experienced that. Well, have you ever been asked to give money, let's say, at church? Hey, we have giving boxes on the back wall. You can give online. And the first thing that comes into your mind is, nope. It's like you glaze over. And immediately, well, I don't have enough for that. That's not what I'm here for. The the preachers just want my money anyway. They don't need it Uh Blah 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 blah, and you just boom—it's an automatic no. Have you ever been asked to give money to anything good? And the immediate no, same thing—you glaze over. Oh, I knew they were going to eventually ask me for money, or that's what this is. This is a fundraiser, whatever. And just—it's an automatic no, ha- no, no way. If you have experienced that, you. Most likely have contracted this virus. Um, you have a poverty, mentality. When I started mentioning just when I said the word "money," did you like tighten up? And did you like shove your wallet further into your pocket and think, "Oh my gosh, they're going to take up an offering rich? I've seen this on TV. Not happening. We're not. We're not gonna take that. You know, nothing's changed. We're not gonna ask you for any extra money today. But if you had those thoughts, you're affected by this. You can't serve God and money at the same time. It gets worse. Slavery is really bad. Um. Have you ever had a voice say to you, or maybe it was even in your own, your own voice, in your head, say, if I just had more money, everything would be okay. If I just had more money, life would be better. Uh, if I, um, you know, I, I want to give, but I just don't have enough. I can't. If I, if I gave and then I, this, I couldn't, then I would miss, I would lack, so no. I, I can't, but if I, if I had more money, I could give and I could buy stuff and my marriage would be better and my home would be better, and, but I can't do any of that because I lack. Poverty mentality causes you to focus on what you lack instead of what you have to leverage. It gives you an attitude of ineptitude and so many people have been affected by it or have it now. Last week, I talked to you about a guy that I know, a friend of mine, who hands down is eaten up with this poverty mentality. Um, go back and listen uh, to last week. but We, we just kind of talked about how part of it is you, it gets so, it, it messes with your life so much, you won't even take, you won't even receive well from anyone. Like, I've tried to give this guy stuff. Man, hey, let, let, me, let me give this to you. And he's got a good job, makes good money. Um, I'm betting he makes more than I do, maybe a, a good amount more than I do. Uh, he's not lacking. He, I mean, if you looked at, it's not he's not lacking in, in many of our eyes. We're like, you got plenty, but he's so eaten up with it, he won't even he won't even take anything. He's like, here, man, take this. No, I, I can pay my own way. I can. I, I don't need your help. That type of thing. And so this same guy. Um, Always complains. He complains about women, how crazy they are. <laughs> I'm not making this up, folks. Um, and, I mean, if you talk to him for like five minutes, he's complaining about something. Yeah, you see that over there? Yeah, it wouldn't be that way if blah, 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 blah. And they shouldn't have done that, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, all my, my kids, blah, blah, my ex-wife, blah, blah. My, I mean, constant. Well one day, this is about a year ago. One day I'm it complains about a job too, which to be honest with y'all, after hearing that, I would never hire this man. Ever. Um about a year ago he was complaining about all these things one day, I sat down beside him where we were at, and I said, You know, tell me. What would fit? I mean you're you're always complaining. And he agreed. He knows. He agreed with me. And, and I, so what would fix your problems? I mean, I'm asking him, all this stuff you're complaining about right here, this very moment, what would fix this? And he looked at me dead in the eyes with 100% conviction. And it's like, oh, he's thought about, I could tell, I could feel it coming. He's thought about this. He looked right at me in the face and said, more money. And of course, I told him, "No, that, that's not it, but there is, you know, a glaze. More money would fix his crazy women, his kid, his job situation, his problems in life, if he just had more money. This poverty mentality will take you there. It's probably already taken you at least part of the way. People infected with the spiritual virus look at money, and we'll even call it what it is, a god of money. Money becomes their god. They look to it for answers, for relief. They look to it for a life. But then, And they say, if I just have more money, my problem would be solved. I would have more respect because everybody follows the golden rule. Whoever has the gold makes the rules. So if I had more money... I'd have more respect. I'd have more power. I'd have more X, Y, Z hmm. if I just had more money. I could relax and my marriage would be better because we wouldn't have those money fights if I just had more money. Well, my friend's not in that boat. Doesn't even have a wife and he has fights. He's got plenty of money. If, if I had more money, I would have more this and more that, better this and better that. If I just had more money. In, people infected by this virus they serve and are enslaved to money they're loyal to money and they're loyal to getting it above everything else everything else takes a back burner i've seen it uh, i've seen it plenty of times uh, see i'm considering in my brain do i want to go here or not people that will Take overtime no matter what because they want more uh, money, and it doesn't matter what's happening. No, I'm sorry, I got overtime. I can't. No, I can't. No, I can't. I, I, I've got. I've got to do. I got. To, I, got to, I got to take some overtime. Got to do a little extra work. That's always their answer. They always say yes to money and no to everything else. The problem is, money is neutral. It's not positive or negative. It's just neutral. Money's just a tool. It's like a, it's like a hammer. Now, And I know we all wish we had more hammers. I know we do. And, and that's, that's okay as long as you know what it's for. Money is just a tool. It's just something you can use. It's not good or bad, and it has no power to fulfill your life. Money can't do that for you. Rich people kill themselves as much as poor people do. Money's not a, not a life giver. Only God holds that place. Now, try not to read this, but when it goes up on the screen, just listen to it first, then read it. There is not one place in the Bible where Jesus or God or anything, there's any question, hey, what's a, what, how can I fix this? And the answer came back from God. And God said, The answer to your problem is more money. It's not there. Never is it there. I would dare you to go try to find it. Never, never has God, I'm having trouble, I'm having struggles with my my marriage, my heart's being torn in two. And God say, You just need more money. That'll fix it. God, my kids are falling apart. Got one, you know, going this way, one going that way. I'm, 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 trying my best, but I don't know what to do. How can I help them? Just give them more money. That'll do it. That'll fix them. God, I'm, a, I'm an alcoholic. You just need more money. That's all. Then you know, if you had more money, you certainly weren't drink wouldn't drink anymore. More money is never the answer. So many people have this virus, they're enslaved to the idea that money is their answer, then, they're ex- then what they do is they expect money to give them things that only God can. Jesus, I'm going to remind you of what he said, you cannot serve two masters at the same time. You'll hate one and love the other, or you'll be loyal to one and not care about the other. This means if you're trusting in money as your answer, then you're not trusting in God. And I don't, it doesn't matter if you go to church or not you're trusting in money and go to church, you're still not trusting and following God. Jesus said it. You can't do them both. It's one or the other. If I'm loyal to the God of money, I'm going to despise God. And you might think, oh, no, I would never. I would never do that. Well, just hold that for a minute. Here's what this virus, this poverty mentality, here's what it causes in your life. Here's what it does to you. It puts you in slavery to money. You bow to the almighty dollar when the the dollar can't do anything for you. Money's nice. We do wish we had more. Not one person in here would refuse if I stood at the door as you walked out and was handed stacks of $5,000. Not one of you would be like, oh, no, not me. Most of you'd be like, take one, you'd go out that door, you'd come in this door, and you'd get in line again. <laughs> so I understand that, and hey, we, we wish we had more money, but it's only a tool. Money is not the giver of life. First Timothy 6.10, you might have heard this. Some of you might have heard this scripture before. If not, listen to it for the first time, grab hold of it. The love of money causes all kinds of evil. Some people have left the true faith. They've left God. They're like, I'm out, because they want to get more and more money. But they have caused themselves much sorrow. An attitude of ineptitude and focusing on what you lack instead of what you have to leverage, I've got to get more money, I've got to get more money, leads to sorrow and frustration and exasperation. You will never be satisfied ever, when you have a poverty mentality. When infected with this, you essentially tell God this, you can't, God, you can't take care of me as well as a lot more money could. So I'm not going to listen to you, I'm just going to get more money because it's going to replace you. But then, when you do that, and you get the money you were trying to get, or you Got it, and it, or you got some. Whatever you got, didn't do what you wanted to do. Many of you, especially if you're a Sunday church person, I, I, wait a minute. Especially if you attend church, you like God. What happened? I worked hard and I got all this money and I did all this and it didn't work. Why didn't you help me out? Well, it's because you were loving money and not Him. That's why. Why you trusted money? Go ahead. But see, we don't, we don't realize that. We don't understand that's what's happening. It, that virus is really devious and sneaky and uh, very damaging because you focus on what you lack and you blame God for it in the end. You might say, I don't know. Okay, have you ever killed yourself working hard, doing the extra stuff, scrimping and saving, and then, it, and then what I just said happened? It didn't work. You're like, God, how come it didn't work? God, why aren't you taking care of me? God, why am I lacking so much? Well, maybe maybe it's because you're not following him. This virus puts you under its thumb and you become a, a victim of one of the scourges of human history, which is slavery. Money promises things that only God can provide. So... A poverty mentality leads you to being a slave to money, and then you think that money provides peace, provides validation, provides security, and it really doesn't. In case you didn't know, it wouldn't take very much for all of your money to be worthless. Just like that, boom, it's gone. I don't want that to happen, but I'm just saying it wouldn't take much for that to happen. And then where are we? Well, if I'm trusting in God, that doesn't, I mean, it won't be nice, but God will still take get me through. When we look to, to money to be the one that provides for us, we work at, this, we work at its slave. I mean, we're like, oh, if I, I just need money so I can have some rest and some peace. God's presence is the only thing that gives you rest and peace. Money won't do it. As a matter of fact, the more money you get, the more you worry about the money you have. Since you can't serve money and God at the same time, you're never going to have peace, validation, and security when you are serving money. Now, the opposite of these things is true. The good news is there's a cure to this, this virus, and if we're free of this mentality, then the money you have becomes not a point of lack, not a point of frustration, but it becomes something you can leverage for God's purposes, and it brings fulfillment to your life because God's in the top now. If you get God in the front, God going first, if you put him at the top, you love God and not money, now it's a whole different ball game, no matter how much money you have. Well, trust God, serve God, and then he knows how to make the best use of your bank account. He knows how to make the best use of the money you have right now. He knows when you should be going and working extra and when you shouldn't. He knows what's more important. He turns money into a blessing in your life instead of a curse. I want money to be a blessing to my life and not a curse. I've watched a, uh, I forget what it was called, but there's a documentary about people that won the lottery and how many of them, their lives just destroyed. It destroyed them. Now, I tend to think, well, it wouldn't destroy me. Let me try it. And most of us probably thought that. But, I mean, I'm just, I'm just telling you what I saw. These people literally said, it destroyed my life because they started serving that money instead of God. But when we begin to leverage what we have because God's first, this is what happens. Proverbs eleven twenty four: The world of the generous, the people that are leveraging what God's given them, Their world gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. When I begin, when I put uh, money at the front, at the top, and it's what I'm serving and it's what I'm going for, and money's my answer, my world starts closing in on me. It gets smaller and smaller and smaller till money is all I can see. But when I begin, when I change that, and I'm like, okay, God, hold on, let me put you first. Now, money's just a tool, and God makes my world bigger. And bigger and bigger. and by the way, bigger is better. And this especially in this, I want my world to be larger. That's when you put God first. Having money, earning money, finding money, increasing your income, they are all good things. And they are blessings when you're serving God. Now, what are some steps? What are some steps to maybe being cured from a poverty mentality that has money at number one place in our life? Uh, I mean, the first thing is you gotta admit it, that it's there. And so I, my guess is some of us may be you know, struggling with that still. Well, if you are, that's fine. Say, God, help me to see. I wanna, I wanna you know, have a healthy view of this. I don't wanna be a, a slave I'm really tired of seeing people walk around as slaves to money because they're miserable. But you and I can flip the switch. So the first thing is this. Be honest with yourself about who you're serving, God or money. Because it's only one or the other. It's not both. Are you serving God or are you serving money? Which one is it? Then the second one really ties, number two ties to number one. Accept God's forgiveness if your answer to number one is money. God still loves you if you put money first, but it's, he's like, you're tying my hands. I can't, you're serving something else. So I can't do it. I can't help you. But he wants to. So God, I'm so, you know what? I put money first. I've done this, I've been here. I put money first. God, forgive me for that. I want to put you first. Show me where I've put money first because I probably don't even realize it. Another thing you can do is leverage what you have to serve God. Leverage what you have. Begin to purposefully leverage what you have. Okay, you know what? I've got some money, even if if it's just a little bit, and I'm going to serve God with it. And watch what happens. Watch how things begin to shift because now you're starting to put God in first place. Um, There's a story there in your notes. John chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. I won't read it. Go home, read it. But it's a story of a a little boy who leveraged what he had. Jesus was having a one day seminar on the side of a mountain talking to, like, it says 5,000 men, which equals probably somewhere between 15 and 20,000 adults. And you add. I mean, I'm 15 to 20,000 people when you, when you add their families. So he's talking to a massive crowd of people. They've been there all day because Jesus was really long-winded that day. He was drinking coffee and talking a long time. And the people got tired, and they got hungry. And his staff, the, the disciples, were like, Jesus, what are we going to do? You had them here all day. You didn't let them go get a snack. They're hungry. Um, and, you know, they're getting hangry, actually, so we got to do something. And Jesus like, well, go feed them. And they're like, How are we going to do that? We can't pay for all this. And this little boy had a little sack lunch of a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread. And it was very little compared to the sea of people. He said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll lever, leverage this. They're like, Jesus, we got a bag of food from this little boy. We got his lunch. That's what we got. And Jesus is like, that'll work. Boom, and from that little bag, that little lunch, whatever it was really in, probably a nice woven basket, he fed all of those people. A little bread and a couple fish can be leveraged to feed, to bless, and to give life to thousands. God can leverage what you have, even if you think it's only a little bit. But it can only be leveraged when you give it to him first. First. Putting God first, serving God instead of money. A way, another way of leveraging that is to give offerings. Honor the Lord by giving him part of your wealth. Give him the first fruit from all your crops. When you submit your money to God, then your money can't rule over you. When you don't submit your money to God, it's ruling over you. I guarantee it. Be generous to people. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh, others will, will, will themselves be refreshed. We kind of mentioned this a while ago. Leveraging what? God already given you what you already have will cause you to be refreshed. Isn't that what you're looking for? If we'll trust God, love God, serve God, then our money will move from ruling over us to be to becoming a blessing to us and others as as we leverage it. Um, I want to rule over poverty mentality and wipe it out of my life, and so should you. You should want to. It's the better way to live your life. Now, next week, we're going to be talking about a, a, a test. Of, it's, it's a heart test. I know, a test sounds scary. Um, you can't really fail this test, though. It's just a, either you pop positive or negative to the virus. It's one or the other. So next week, we're going to be talking about that. And the whole time, we're talking about, let's, ha- let's get out of this. I want to serve God who loves me, not money, who has no real power, but yet will make me a slave. We are so glad that you guys came today. And ask God this week, OK, God, help me to figure this out. Help me to see this. Help me to connect with you. You guys stand up with me. If you need personal prayer today, we're going to have people on either side of, up here waiting to pray for you as soon as we head out. Uh, you can remember, or, or remember to use the app go online or stop by the, the box to give today. and uh, remember your little the struggles card. Take an extra couple of minutes and fill that out for us. It would be so helpful, and just drop it in those boxes. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for every single person in here. We want to be people that are not slaves with a taskmaster over us, but we want to be people that are serving God who loves us, who sacrificed for us, and God, we know that's you. So I pray that you speak to our hearts and begin to show us places in our lives and just show us who we're serving today. Some of us really don't know we didn't, we didn't understand that's what we were doing. I pray you show it to us and give us the answer. Give us your, we just pray for your, your grace and your peace and certainly for your forgiveness when we put you out of place. God, I do pray that you would bless and keep every person in here today. In Jesus' name, amen.